1340 KDLM, the station you can count on. This is the KDLM Sports Wrap on a Wednesday morning. Rumors, rumors, rumors floating around the NFL surrounding the Minnesota Vikings. We're going to squash them right where they stand. We've got uh, a first-time guest on the second half of the Sports Wrap today, Jace Frederick from TwinCities.com and the Pioneer Press. Going to dig into some Minnesota Timberwolves basketball with the NBA draft coming up in... uh, Less than a month, couple weeks, November 18th. Wolves have the number one overall pick in the draft. I've got some uh, some volleyball scores from last night. We've got a new world champion of baseball and a lot of COVID controversy going with that. And uh, are the Vikings really shopping Adam Thielen? Those are the uh, the rumors I was talking about. Let's rewind the last 24 hours in sports first. Rewind time. Let's start with the uh, with the Adam rumors because that's kind of the one that's 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 taking precedence today. Uh, being reported that the the Vikings are in conversations, and th- th- these are strictly rumors. Neither side has confirmed nor denied this that the Vikings are having conversations with the Cleveland Browns for a deal that would send Adam Thielen to Cleveland. It, it, it makes sense. His former offensive coordinator. Kevin Stefanski, the head coach there now. They just lost their number one wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr., to a torn ACL. He's done for the year. The Vikings are going nowhere. The Browns on the up and up competing for their their, their, their AFC North Division Championship. And as, as, as much as it hurts on, on paper, it makes sense. But from a, a strict fan standpoint, like one fan writing on Twitter this morning. It says, Adam is more than just a player. He is Minnesota. And I'm seeing uh, a a second and a fourth round pick from Cleveland for Adam. Cleveland also uh, reaching out to the New York Giants, another team that's going nowhere right now. Uh, They've had conversations about Golden Tate. The one thing that could hold up this deal, and I I seriously, as, as a fan, hope that this deal does not happen. Is is the money situation with Odell Beckham Jr. He's he's got a eleven point one million dollar cap hit next year, and so they'd have thirty five million dollars tied up in wide receivers with Beckham and Adam Thielen, and a decision to make on Baker Mayfield, quarterback. Now, I'm not saying that Adam can't be traded, and I'm not saying that it won't be to Cleveland. But $35 million is a lot to have tied up in two guys when you want to lock up your franchise quarterback in Baker Mayfield. And a second and a fourth round pick for a, well, Adams 30 years old, a lot of Browns fans aren't too happy about that because they've got a lot of defensive issues that they would like to address in the upcoming draft. Uh, namely, the defensive secondary, which uh, Vikings fans know all about about that. There are some rumors the Vikings uh, kicking the tires on Eli Apple, who was cut by the Panthers yesterday. Because that's uh, that's the guy that you want starting for your team is a guy who gets flat out cut after week after week six. So as it stands right now, Adam's still a member of the Minnesota Vikings, and I hope that after the trade deadline, uh, number nineteen still catching passes in in Minnesota. Two. Let's talk about some other trades yesterday in the NFL. The big one, uh, the sack daddy, Everson Griffin, back in the NFC North after a trade to the Detroit Lions. We talked about this yesterday, how maybe the, the Vikings struggled, the iron was hot. 
dealing Unique Ngakwe to Baltimore while they could get the best price for what he was, uh, even though they gave up a lot more to to get six games of Ngakwe than what they got back from Baltimore. But Everson Griffin, the Vikings are going to see Everson Griffin twice. <laughs> they haven't played the Vikings yet. Dallas gets a, a let's see, what, what pick was it? A, a sixth round pick for Everson Griffin. Hmm. I would have, if I was the Vikings, I would have given a sixth round pick to bring Everson Griffin back with no Daniil Hunter and no Unique Ngakwe. Absolutely. I would say getting Griffin back on the Vikings would put people in the seats, but, you know, COVID. Some other news in the NFL. uh, Christian McCaffrey has been designated to return. Uh, He's been removed from the injury reserve list. Uh, they are, he can bring in practicing now, and the Panthers have 21 days to put him back on the active roster. Uh, he's been out since suffering a high ankle sprain in week two. The Panthers, with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm, are three and four. Quarterback controversy in Chicago. The Bears sticking with Nick Foles despite his sta- his shaky star against the Rams on Monday Night Football. Not going back to Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Bears lost 24 to 10 to the Rams to fall to five and two. Uh, their offense is ranked 27th in the NFL, despite being 5-2. and two. A couple of wide receiver signings as well. Baltimore Ravens bringing in three-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Des Bryant, officially signing him to the practice squad. 31 years old, hasn't played in the league since December 2017. He's got 73 touchdown catches in eight seasons with the Dallas Cowboys, including a career-high 16 back in 2014. And the Tampa Bay Bucs have officially signed Antonio Brown to a one-year contract worth $750,000. The deal includes incentives that could push the value to 2.5 mil. Brown won't be eligible to return until uh, his suspension ends following week eight. He's finishing up an eight-week, uh, an eight-game ban for multiple violations of the NML, NFL's personal conduct policy. Let's talk some baseball. The Los Angeles Dodgers, the world champions of baseball with a 3-1 to victory in Game 6 over the Tampa Bay Rays. Yesterday, Corey Seager named the World Series MVP, even though uh, everyone everywhere knows that Randy Rosarena of the Tampa Bay Rays would have been the World Series MVP. Two huge, huge storylines Coming from Game 6. It's not the city of Los Angeles winning their second major sports championship in the last three weeks. Story number one is, is Blake Snell getting pulled in the sixth inning. There are In, in World Series history, here's a fun stat for you. In, in the history of the World Series, only two players have struck out nine or more batters in less than six innings in a World Series game. One was Sandy Koufax. The other was Blake Snell last night, and his manager, Kevin Cash, pulled him out of the game in a big spot because the computer analytics did not like Snell versus what was coming up to face him. Brader native Nick Anderson gets put in the game uh, and settles the loss. I think Nick gave up at least one run in seven consecutive playoff appearances, which is a major league record. So Nick did not have the best World Series. Blake Snell, nine strikeouts over five and a third of two hits, one run ball, and his manager, Kevin Cash, pulled him out of the game because the computer told him to. That is not 
That's not baseball. Kevin Cash, I used to think, was was one of the best managers in baseball, but it turns out he's just a legs for a computer telling him telling him what to do. The other controversy has has nothing to do kind of on the field. And that would be Dodgers third baseman Justin Turner. It was revealed during the middle of the game that he had tested positive for COVID-19. So, the, what my understanding on how this works is players are tested and it takes up to 12 hours to get the results back. Well, they got the results in the middle of the game. So the game was was uh, was put on pause. Jefferson, uh, Jefferson uh, Turner was taken out of the game and replaced. But the controversy is is this is when the Dodgers won their first World Series from 1988. Who was on the field celebrating with his team, mask off, hugging and high fiving and doing all that stuff? Justin Turner. After being pulled from a World Series game for testing positive for COVID 19, taking place in post game celebrations. He's in the team photo, biggest smile that that bearded face could muster. You can see the smile because there is no mask, despite testing positive for COVID-19. And as of right now, Major League Baseball hasn't done anything about it. Like one time, Trevor Bauer got fined by Major League Baseball because his socks were uneven. Now, here we go. The main reason we're still playing baseball now is because of COVID-19 and how strict we have had to be with rules We saw outbreaks in the St. Louis Cardinals organization. We saw outbreaks in the Miami Marlins organization. We saw outbreaks in the Milwaukee Brewers organization. And here's Justin Turner. And you can argue, yeah, the season's over. What does it matter now? It's still a pandemic. Especially on on the West Coast, where numbers continue to climb in the greater Los Angeles area. Justin Turner, what are you doing, man? I understand you want to be on the field to celebrate something that your team has has worked so hard to get to and has had so many disappointments in the last five years. But your actions last night seriously overshadowing the success of what your team accomplished. My favorite thing on, on Twitter this morning is all the Astros fans coming after the Dodgers, congratulating them on their asterisk season in a season that never really counted. That's that's my favorite. Three. Bonus number three here. Got some some uh, some high school stuff to get to. Volleyball scores from last night. I'll run through these real quick. It was Norman County Eastland hit it all over Fertile Bell Trammy three to one. Morad beats Bemidji three nothing. Staples Motley over Long Prairie Great Eagle three to one. Thief River Falls beating the East Grand Forks Green Wave 3-1. Winnemac over Ada Borup 3-2. Purim shutting out Frazee last night 3-0. Battle Lake taking care of Hillcrest Lutheran Academy 3-0. DGF over Pelican Rapids 3-0. Henning beats rival New York Mills 3-0. West Central Area beats Parker's Prairie 3-0. And Bertha Hewitt beating Verndale in volleyball last night 3-1. 
We had John Millay on the Sports Wrap yesterday. And real quick, before we get to Jace Frederick uh, from the Pioneer Press to talk about some Timberwolves basketball and draft speculation and contracts and injuries and a whole bunch of stuff there, is uh, we, we talked about the, the Anoka Hennepin School District shutting things down. Five high schools in this district, Anoka, Coon Rapids, Blaine, Andover, Champlain Park, I think are the, I think are the five. I used to live down there, so I, I used to go to some some Anoka Tornadoes games. A, a pretty cool high school stadium. It's kind of built down in a valley downtown Anoka, where it's got the track and then a drop off, and then you can watch the the, the tornado games there. Anoka Hennepin uh, going to full distance mode and initially deciding that with full distance mode, all extracurricular activities and sports would be done as well. That was when we talked to John Millay at 9.45 yesterday. But new developments with the Anoka Hennepin School Board voting 5-1 to one to allow sports and activities, which defies state guidelines, that says school districts that shift to distance learning under state guidelines should end those activities, voted to keep these activities going. Anoka Hennepin is the state's largest district, and they said that middle school and high school students will shift from hybrid learning to distance learning on November 4th. Originally stating that all athletics and extracurriculars will be put on hold starting November 2nd. But yesterday's vote, which came as a surprise because it, it wasn't on the agenda. They just said, hey, let's vote on this right now. Changes all of that. It allows students in these five schools to continue to participate in extracurriculars and sports if they choose to. Meanwhile... The Star Tribune says the district will communicate this with the state. Overall, families, of course, excited about the school board's position. WCCO says many of whom who uh, attended the meetings waited outside with signs, uh, the let them play signs and open the school signs. COVID uh, has been connected with some Minnesota sports. Uh, 3,410 known COVID-19 cases have stemmed from high school sports. That's from a report from the Minnesota Department of Health uh, in, in infectious disease director Chris Ayersman, she said uh, of, of that 3,410, 593 were high school aged kids. So I don't know. What, what, what do you think? Shoot me a text, 847-2001, if you think that with a school going into full distance learning because COVID is running rampant in your district, if you think that it's the time to uh, to keep high school sports going. Pros, of course. Cons. Absolutely. And I don't want to get too political before we get to Jace here, but at some point, you know, let, let, let the kids play. And if, if people start getting really, really, really sick, then, yeah, absolutely, you shut it down. Jace Frederick from the Pioneer Press joins us in half two of the Sports Wrap, talking some Timberwolves basketball with Jace next on KDLM. I'm Kyle Montgomery with NFL Network, now on the Westwood One Radio Network. With the NFL trade deadline looming, the Cowboys decided to get to dealing early in Big D. Dallas traded four-time Pro Bowl defensive end Everson Griffin to the Lions Tuesday for a conditional late-round draft pick. A former Cowboy found a new home on Tuesday. Des Bryant was added to the Ravens practice squad. The ex-All-Pro wideout hasn't played an NFL game since 2017, but did work out with Baltimore over the summer. Antonio Brown made it official on Tuesday, signing his one-year deal with the Bucks. 
Bucks. AB is on league suspension through this week, but could make his debut in Tampa in Week Nine. Speaking of Bucks receivers, they won't have Pro Bowler Chris Godwin Monday night against the Giants. He fractured a finger in Sunday's win over Vegas. He could be back Week Nine. And a pair of former first-round draft picks on the move Tuesday. The Panthers released corner Eli Apple, while the Giants added receiver Corey Coleman to their practice squad. This has been NFL Network now on the Westwood One Radio Network. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. The Golden Gopher football team will visit Maryland this Friday night. Minnesota junior quarterback Tanner Morgan breaks down the Terps. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. Uh, it's another very well-coached defense. They got a lot of really talented guys that can do a lot of different things. And, yeah, so we're excited to have an opportunity to go against them. Excited for the challenge ahead. Uh, they're a great defense, uh, and we're excited to play against, you know, another fantastic, fantastic team. Uh, we're excited to be able to play Maryland because uh, it's the next opportunity for us, and their defense is really talented. They do a lot, a lot of really good things, so that excites us. First road trip, too, and that's always uh, you know something new. Obviously, you've traveled. What do you tell the young guys who are maybe making their first road trip and a, a unique circumstance where, where even there's probably some things you'll encounter that you haven't before? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think the main thing is just you know, talking about the schedule. You know, going through the routine. Uh, hey, when we travel, this is how we do things. And our guys did an elite job of that last week when we went to the hotel and such. But yeah, there's going to be new things. So we just have to be able to, to adapt to different things and be able to, to take things as they come. That's Gopher QB Tanner Morgan. Friday's game kicks off at 6.30. Both teams are in search of win number one this year after each dropped a game this past Saturday night. For more info on Gopher football, go to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the KDLM Sports Wrap on a Wednesday. We've got uh, Jace Frederick on the phone, beat writer for the Pioneer Press, covers the Timberwolves, who uh, have a pretty big decision to make here in a couple weeks. Good morning, Jace. Morning, how's it going? It's, it's going well. A little bit of snow in the forecast. We've got a, a, a huge football game coming up this week, and not to, to change gears too quick. Uh, Purim and Detroit Lakes, the battle for the paddle, is always the, the game circled on our calendar. So it's uh, it's been a fun week here uh, in the Lakes area, especially when it comes to, to high school football. Lakers are 3-0, and but uh, with the, the winter weather comes basketball, and the Timberwolves uh, a little bit later start to the season than we're, than we're used to with uh, the NBA Finals wrapping up. What just a handful of weeks ago, now November eighteenth, the day that's on the uh, the Wolves calendar, and then the the season starts shortly after Christmas, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's the that's the game plan. Yeah, I mean, right? There's 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 a lot of talk about that. Um, the NBA would actually like to start it on December twenty second. There's a lot of players who think that's way too early. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up getting pushed back just into sometime in January, but it's definitely going to be late January. I mean, uh, late December, early mid January, somewhere in there. So it is right around the corner. Surprisingly, even though it just finished. Let's talk about the uh, the, the pieces that we know the Wolves have. Uh, after the big trade of Andrew Wiggins to Golden State, that brought in D'Angelo Russell. We only had one game of of Cat and Russell healthy together. Cat went down with the wrist injury. Didn't see the two on the court uh, at all after that. Are, are both these guys healthy and ready to go for the upcoming season? Yeah, all the indications are. Uh, you know. Carl Anthony Towns, he had the wrist injury. He's been in, in the facility in Minneapolis uh, working out um, the last few weeks here. He was not in for the for the voluntary camp, but he's been in and around um, before and after that. And D'Angelo Russell was actually a part of that first week of the camp. Uh, both guys are healthy. Both guys are in 
I think going to be ready to go here as soon as training camp gets going. I think everybody on Minnesota's roster is. Um, now, who actually is on that roster when camp starts, we'll see. Uh, but, but Russell and Towns, it seems like we're ready to go. And we're probably going to get a look at what that looks like. Like you said, there's only one game. And I think that left a lot of people wanting more mm-hmm. heading into the offseason because, you know, it's this bright future. But you still don't even know what it looks like when those two play with each other. So I think we're finally going to get a taste of that pretty soon here. A couple restricted free agents on this team. Malik Beasley to Juancho, uh, Hernan Gomez, guys coming over in the uh, the, the, the trade with the, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, what's the latest on, that, on those guys' uh, contract situations? Yeah, I think Minnesota's in a pretty good spot for those. Uh, they would like to resign both. That was the intention when they made the trade back in February. It, just with the fact that, you know, the cap's going to drop here, um, mm-hmm. just with with the NBA losing revenue from, from the coronavirus, as, you know, every league did. Yep. And teams already didn't really have money. Uh, there wasn't a lot of space uh, to sign free agents already with the, with the way that teams are set up with their salary, salary cap situation. So there's not going to be high bids, I don't think, on Beasley, on Hernan Gomez. Uh, these aren't top priority guys for teams anyway if you're looking to make a splash so it's not players you're really going to sign up and and invest a lot of your future in when teams just don't have the space to do that so i think minnesota is going to get both those guys probably on the cheap um now Beasley, what's that look like maybe it's in the 10 million range uh hernan gomez probably significantly less than that so i think minnesota is going to probably get those two guys for even less than they anticipated just because of the way circumstances played out but the, uh, they would like to bring back both uh, for the right price NBA draft is November 18th. Wolves have the number one overall pick, and everything I'm reading online and seeing on TV is everyone's got a different opinion what to do. Not really a consensus number one overall pick in this draft like we're used to. Uh, if the Wolves keep the pick, it could be uh, Anthony Edwards from Georgia, could be LaMelo Ball, uh, could be James Wiseman. Uh, which of those guys do you take if you're in Gerson Rosas's position? Yeah, if I'm stuck at number one, I think I'd take LaMelo Ball. Uh, he's just one of those types of playmakers kind of transcendent talents that you know it's a potential type thing with him he's certainly not a guarantee but just with his type of playmaking um his size for the point guard position he could be a special player i think that's maybe more true about him um than it is about maybe anthony edwards i think there's even more question marks with edwards wiseman it's just i don't see that pairing with carl anthony towns working out at all um people always want to see carl anthony towns at the four but he just can't guard anybody on the perimeter so if you have a team that plays small ball talent just doesn't fit out there uh so I think Ball would be the pick. I think in a dream world, Minnesota can probably just trade down um, and collect a few more assets, maybe trading down to three with Charlotte, who wants James Wiseman, and maybe would want to jump the Warriors to get him, uh, maybe trade down even further into the lottery because it is – they are everybody really like one through ten almost, you can say, well, like – these guys are all on a pretty similar level. And you might like somebody who's supposed to go at eight better than somebody who's maybe supposed to go at one or two. Uh, so it would be, I think, a great, and I think Minnesota would love to trade down, collect a few more assets, and maybe take a player they like just as much as the guys at the top. Uh, but whether they'll be able to do that or not kind of remains to be seen. Something else the Wolves could do is is, is trade the pick, like you mentioned, uh, trade back at the draft and, and maybe get a guy that they that they like at maybe four, five, six, seven, some, maybe even eight. Or uh, there's... Rumors floating around, uh, number one overall pick, you always got to link it to, to a big trade, uh, maybe bring in a, a win-no type of player, two names that have floated around forever. Uh, Devin Booker with the Phoenix Suns, he's he's good buddies with with Katz and D'Angelo, and maybe even Ben Simmons. Uh, in what, what people are calling a lukewarm draft, do you think that uh, the top pick is is worthy in a package deal for either of those guys? No, and that's and the people I've talked to don't think that either. Yeah. Uh, just, it doesn't have the same value. It's not like there's a Zion Williamson waiting there that's a transcendent talent that the Wolves would obviously take, but then teams would also be willing to potentially trade You know, their superstar cornerstone building blocks to, to get a shot at. But when there's so much uncertainty anyway, I mean, you look at where Phoenix picks, I think, like 10, um, they're going to get a very similar player at 10 as number one uh, for Minnesota. It's just the 
the, the especially you look at Booker. I mean, they went eight zero in the bubble. Booker was maybe the best player in the bubble there for a while. Like Phoenix is probably excited about where they're going with him, and maybe thinks they found a roster that that can win with Booker. So they're not in any position to trade him. And Philadelphia, I just think they probably have to decide whether they want to build around Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons or continue to try to make both work. Just neither team is really in a position to trade their star player, and they're mm. not going to do it for a number one pick that has so many question marks right now. Wolves also have the 17th overall pick. Got that in a deal with the Brooklyn Nets uh, as a part of the, the three-team deal that uh, with, with Houston that sent Robert Coverton to the, the Rockets. Who are some potential names we're, we're seeing at number 17? A uh, Minnesota native and, and Duke standout Trey Jones might still be on the draft board at 17. Yeah, you're right about that. There are actually a lot of Minnesota natives in this draft who could kind of fit the bill there. Um, you look especially at not only Trey Jones, um, and, and the things he can do defensively are pretty special. Um, he's one of those rare defensive point guards who can kind of change the game on that end, and we don't see a lot of that. Um, so that would be cool. Uh, you have Tyrell Terry, a Minneapolis kid as well, um, and he's a point guard who some people compare, and they say, hey, like he's got at least a skill set um, that that kind of lines up with the Trey Youngs and the, and the Steph Currys of the world just because his range is pretty limitless, and he's a great shooter. Um, another guy I like um, out of Memphis, Precious, I can't exactly pronounce his name right, but Precious Achua, <laughs> yep. uh, he's, he's yep. one of those, he's a versatile forward. Um, I really think, I like the way that he would fit alongside uh, Garland City Towns. He's kind of like a, a Jamichael Green type player where he can stretch the floor a little bit. Uh, he, he can defend both positions up top. He's very versatile. I just think he's the type of player that maybe you would want next to Garland City Towns. So there's a lot of different options there. I think 17 could be a pick that Minnesota could find a lot of value at. You mentioned the defense. Uh, defense, a, a huge issue for the Wolves last year. Uh, near the bottom, 29th, I think, in in, in defense last year. Any, any free agents out there that can uh, help resolve that issue? Yeah, you know, there, there are certainly always guys who can kind of bolster your team in that end of the floor, and Gerson Russell has talked about that. They need to get some pieces to at least give Ryan Saunders some more players to work with who can help out in that end of the court. That's a priority for them. Um, it'll probably be more so a priority if they end up maybe making a trade and getting more of an established veteran on draft night. Maybe not even necessarily for one, but 17. It kind of depends on the direction they're heading. Is it, is it something where they want to fix it this year and start contending for a playoff spot? Is it something where they're like, let's keep developing our guys and see where we end up? But you look in the free agent class, and, and you've got you know like a guy like an Andre Roberson, who for Oklahoma City was has been a stopper for years, and he's out there. I'd, what would he command? I don't know. Jermichael Green, who I just talked about, um, he's there, and, and he would help down interior. Uh, he would take a lot of pressure off Towns. Um, you look at even like a like a Fred Van Vliet, and he's kind of the big swing guy that I think Minnesota could take a take a swing at if they freed the cap space to do so. And he's one of those guys who is very strong backcourt defender, um, and you can pair him next to Russell because he's played off the ball next to Kyle Lowry for forever. So there there are options. There are guys you know lower tier guys who you're going to get for close to the minimum uh, who can just who are great defenders and maybe not great offensive players. There are two way guys. They, there are a lot of options that they can sign guys and just see if they can fit in. But I do think that those defensive problems probably will last as long as Towns and Russell uh, don't figure it out on that end of the court. It's really going to be up to those two to at least elevate their games a little bit before this team gets any better on that end of the court. We're talking to Jace Frederick. Jace, where can people find your stuff online? Uh, yeah, you can check it out at TwinCities.com, um, especially here as the draft heats up, uh, draft talk, draft coverage heats up over these next few weeks. It should be interesting. You can find everything there. Awesome. Uh, covering any high school sports this weekend? Yeah, um, I'm actually heading out to the the Coaches, or I guess retired coaches, came up with it. Um, it's also, I can't remember the organization that's putting it on, but kind of like the, the, the de facto state cross country meet um, that isn't actually a high school league event. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At- 
Yep, in Atwater on Friday, uh, and Saturday I'm going to head over there. And uh, so I guess no high school football for me this weekend as I'll be covering a little running instead. But it's probably going to be the only statewide event this fall, maybe even winter. We'll see. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Sounds good. We'll take care. We'll chat again soon. Awesome. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. Sweet. Dude. All right, if you missed that interview with Jace Frederick of the Pioneer Press, you can go back and listen to it on our podcast page on demand at kdlmradio.com. Also, you can subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. We talked about a lot today. We, we talked about potential Adam Thielen to Cleveland Brown trade rumors and how uh, that should get squashed. We recapped some high school volleyball. Talked about the Anoka Hennepin School District controversy that's brewing where uh, they're going to a full distance learning and the... The state says if you go to distance learning, you got to shut everything down. And they are, they are not shutting down extracurricular and athletics events. They're voting 5-1 to one at a school board meeting on Monday. So things are getting interesting down in the North Metro. Talked about Justin Turner and his World Series uh, controversy last night with uh, celebrating on the field with teammates after leaving the game due to a, po- a positive COVID-19 test. And Blake Snell, uh, understandably frustrated and disappointed with manager Kevin Cash about being pulled early last night. Not a whole lot going on uh, sports-wise tonight. Broadcast schedule, we've got the Mike Zimmer Coaches Show, X's and O's with Mike Zimmer sitting down with Paul Allen talking about, I'm sure the the Ngakwe trade will be on there, Daniel Hunter's injury status as well. Two things that we've uh, talked about at length on the sports wrap these last handful of weeks. And previewing, I'm sure, what they're going to do to try and tame this high-flying Packers passing offense with Aaron Rodgers looking like Aaron Rodgers of 2012 again. That's coming tonight on KDLM at 8 o'clock. Find the full broadcast schedule online at kdlmradio.com. That's a wrap for the sports wrap. We're back tomorrow, 9.30 on the station you can count on. K-Train joins us tomorrow. Joe Johnson on Friday. KDLM Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, just after 10 o'clock right now. Here's CBS News.